We don't want to be negative, but we really have to tell you something. I'm Anita Joyce here with Kelly Wilkness, and this is Decorating Tips and Tricks, Episode 364, Using Negative Space in a Positive Way. And you know this is one of my very favorite topics, Kelly. Yes, and you have mentioned this before, and we are going to take a deep dive into it today. We're going to talk about what is negative space, why you need it, how you can accomplish it, and why you shouldn't be afraid of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think I used to really be afraid of it at one time. Uh, it made me it used to make me very nervous, but now it makes me nervous if I don't have it. Here's the thing. When I used to be a lawyer... And I was a trial lawyer. So I would have people on the stand, witnesses on the stand. And of course, the witness would be in, you know, encouraged, coached, what have you, by their own attorney. Just answer the question asked, stick to yes and no if you can, all that, all legitimate things to tell a witness before they get on the stand. But if you just wait a little bit, (laughs) Uh people start to talk. They get nervous. Yeah, they can't stand the empty space. Yes. They start to fill it with words. And sometimes you sometimes you get what you wanted, wanted and sometimes you didn't, but you've got a lot more information. Uh, so, you know, that I thought of that when I was preparing for this episode. It's that people want to fill the space, whether it's the void because no one's talking or because it's a empty spot in their living room. Our human nature, I guess, is to fill it up. When you really should just understand what negative space is and why that is actually space that's being utilized. You know, it's interesting you brought that back to your previous work experience because I had a similar moment in thinking about what I wanted to say during today's episode. And I used to design a lot of statistics classes, um, designed experiments and so forth. And so when you're designing courses, especially if it's very complex uh, calculations that you're trying to you know, teach people, you really cannot overcrowd the page. If you put a bunch of complicated uh, formulas all on one page, it, it stresses people and it feels too like too much. Whereas if you use a lot of white space or where you're just using just a little bit on each page, It feels like it's chunked. It feels like you can swallow it that way. It feels like you can absorb it. And so white space or negative space is extremely important when you're putting course materials together. So that that was my experience. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you had a lot of math problems on one page, I would pass out. (laughs) (laughs) That that would not be good. Uh, Yeah, and I thought about my book, too, because... Uh, you know, we we had a goal of a certain size book because that's what I was told mm-hmm. by my publisher. And you're like, oh, that's a lot of pages. Okay. I mean, you know, I can talk a lot, mm-hmm. but I'm writing mm-hmm. a lot and all the photos and stuff. But what, you know, then when we were putting together, it turned out that we had a lot of nice white space or, you mm-hmm. know, in between. That's each, important. Yeah. In between each chapter, I have a quote. And really, that's the only words on that page. It's kind of like a palate cleanser. Yes. Until you go to the next Chapter. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of um, places, if you will, that negative space or just a little blankness, a little calm comes into play. And it should most certainly come into play in your home. 
Yeah. So should we, we've kind of danced around what it is. I love dancing with you. Yes. What is <laughs> negative space? It's a place. <laughs> well, it's a place. I, I like to think of it as a blank space or a negative space, but it's something that lacks something of interest. A place where there is no furniture, no artwork, no decor, where there's just a blank wall or a bank, blank space on the floor. And it kind of is something that you might even call it breathing space for the other things in the room. Yeah. Yeah. In design, negative space refers to the space not taken up by a subject, right? So mm-hmm. in design or art, right? And you, in your mind's eye, you usually think about that as white in a sense, but it could be just another solid color. Mm-hmm. And, in, and just as Anita said, in your home, it's just a place that's not filled up with art, furniture, or any other stuff. And it's really important to pay attention and create those spaces. Don't even let them happen by default. I mean, if they do happen by default and it works, great. Uh, but there are, there will be certain places in your home that negative space will really work to your decor's advantage. And in some other instances, it might feel like you need something over there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, the more you learn about it and the more you think about it, you'll be able to tell between those two uh, thought processes about that space. Is it a space that should be left in negative or is it something that is hankering for a piece of furniture or art or something? The interesting thing is when you first, if you if this is not something you've thought about, if this is not something you've tried to do, once you begin to incorporate these negative spaces into your house, it's going to feel weird. It's going to feel like something is missing. So you really are going to need an adjustment period. So I wanted to suggest to you, as you're, as we're talking about ways to create these negative spaces, expect that it may feel awkward to you at first. I want you to give it some time and not just move stuff out and then say in the next five minutes, this isn't working for me. I want you to give it at least a week to, when if you try some of these things to just see how it feels. Because if you haven't done it, it's going to feel odd no matter what. Yeah. It's kind of like a face with no eyebrows or somebody you know that wears glasses and you see them without glasses. You're like, yeah, that look familiar, but like there's something off, right? I think that's great advice. Try it. Again, it's moving things around. You're not, you know, putting it out on the curb or selling it or, uh, uh, you know, throwing it away. You're just going to have it moved out of that space, Mm -hmm. moved out of that room for a little while, and then you're going to assess how you feel about it. Mm -hmm. And you might immediately feel a sense of calm or more calm because that item is gone. And maybe it was not that that item was so offensive in and of itself, but maybe there was just too much in the room or maybe mm-hmm. that you know, just your eye was traveling from piece to piece to piece to piece, whether it be art, vignettes, or actual pieces of furniture. And there was just new, no place for your eye to just have a, a mm-hmm. moment's rest. And that's another way to think of this is that you want your eye to rest in between pieces. And think about going to a museum. There's plenty of rest If you're going to a gallery or an art museum, there's plenty of rest between pieces. They don't have things jammed up. It's a piece of artwork, then you've got a blank wall, and then a piece of artwork, and then another blank wall. And so it is like a a palette cleansing between each piece of artwork. Yeah, and if 
if negative space is well executed, you understand what you're doing, you play around with it a little bit, it's going to really bring a sense of calm to the room. And it also makes the other design elements look better, mm-hmm. pop. It gives you an opportunity to appreciate them. All of those things start to happen when there's some of this negative space, this breathing room around your items. Yes. And I would go so far as to say, I prefer a room with too little furniture in it to a room with too much furniture in it. It ends up feeling kind of gallery-esque if there's not that much in there versus too much starts feeling like a store. Yes. Yes. I felt for a long time that my living room was a store. (laughs) And in fact, Peter sort of articulated that one day. And that was when I said, okay, this piece has got to go. And Mm -hmm. most recently, I have even gotten rid of more things because, you know, you guys know us and, you know, me and we love vintage and, you know, all the vintage we had on Bespoke. I mean, I just love buying stuff. Like I can't pass things up. It's really hard for me to leave Mm -hmm. them at a state sale. So I take take them home. We both have a problem. Yeah. And oh, that's such funny. Oh, another little stack of books or a little doodly or whatever. And I looked around my living room and I thought, this is kind of getting like a little nutty in here. It's just too much. And this is even after I had pared down the furniture and all that. I just had too many little things on the mm-hmm. side tables because, you know, it's pretty, you you know, usually with me, I buy something, I have to come home and clean it because it's, you know, been, <laughs> I took it out of a box or something like that. And then I want to go put it out somewhere. And oftentimes things would land in the living room and there they stay. And then I started to look around and I thought, there is just way too much stuff mm-hmm. in here, particularly little stuff. So I took all, all of it out. And then I sort of lived with that for a little bit. And then slowly but surely, I put some things back. And then I got a few things that were a little bit more modern, a little bigger, mm-hmm. rather than these little vintage things. Mm-hmm. And mixed it in with some of the other vintage things that made their way back in. And I'm much happier with the way the space looks now. Oh, I think that that's the way to go. And the thing is, too, versus 10, 20, 30 years ago, the look is more streamlined. What looked normal 30 years ago now looks way too cluttered. So I think design in general is going much more streamlined. So if if you haven't called things out in a long time, it's probably time to do that. Yeah. And here's, I think bloggers are a little bit guilty of making people feel like, or to sort of subconsciously have the tendency to put more things out. Because think about it, you know, obviously not somebody who was a minimalist or that kind of look, but a lot of bloggers, when you were taking pictures of something, Mm -hmm. You're almost making it look like it's a store display. You know, if if you've got, you know, five pumpkins, you might as well have 15 pumpkins, you know, right? <laughs> if you've got one basket, you might as well have three baskets stacked inside of each other with some pumpkins and then a shawl mm-hmm. and some other mm-hmm. things coming mm-hmm. out of it. And it just goes on and on and on. And sure, mm-hmm. in the photo, it looks great. But in real life, if you were in that room, First of all, we all know the fact that the blogger that has absolutely nothing on the other side of their room because they took everything and put it on the one (laughs) side and took a photo of it. But, you know, that was going on for a long time. And people were seeing this abundance, Mm -hmm. this sort of extra, this more. I'm not seeing that so much. Well, I don't know. I I never really did a lot of that 
because that's just not my look. So no, because you're really such done. a lone wolf. But I think yeah. I mean, would you agree that a lot of that is going seen on? It every oh yes, yes, and it kind of reminded me when I did work in the store because it was so. We would overdo displays, and, and this is, it was clearly, this is for a store. This is not something you would want to do in your home. We had to over overstuff things because that's, it's a to- completely different look to merchandise something versus something in somebody's home. Exactly. So if you were taking cues from bloggers that were doing that or bloggers that are still doing that, you know, think about it in the... It, Using the word that Anita just said, they're merchandising it. You know, they might not be mm-hmm. selling you their pumpkin, but they want you to go, oh, this is all the fall. And there's nothing bad about it. It's beautiful and you can enjoy it, but don't feel like that's what you need to be doing in your own house. Like your bookshelf doesn't have to be brimming, you know, where there's just no room for something else. So, you know, take a take a look at what's out there. Sometimes you'll see things in magazines and maybe if you keep this negative space idea in your head, you'll see a room that's just really overdone. And again, it's kind of like, might be like a runway outfit. Like it is overdone for a reason. You know, maybe it's in a catalog and they're trying to sell every single item in there. So they're going to show you everything. Or maybe it's a really, 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 you know, incredibly high-end designer and, you know, everything's wallpapered and there's, you know, fabric swagged from the ceiling and all this kind of stuff. You know, that's not really how anybody's going to live necessarily. Um, So now that you, if you hadn't thought about it before, now that you're aware of the negative space and how it can help you, I think you're going to see it. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to find when you look at photos where it's jam-packed, it kind of makes you a little nutty. Like it makes you kind of a little nervous. Like there's so much pattern. There's so much color. There's just so much stuff. As opposed to seeing something that's really streamlined and lovely and, um, you know, there's a lot of negative space and it's a limited color palette and all those good things. Right. And I've had, when I've had uh, stylists come here for magazine shoots, sometimes they just shoot it the way the room is. But one particular shoot, they didn't add things, but they were pulling so much out. It was so interesting. So they were creating a lot of negative space that I didn't have in the room. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think magazines are even going to a place where there's more and more negative space. And, And how much negative space is seen as needed in a room is what I'm saying. That's changing. So that I think even more so, more negative room, more negative spaces are expected than they used to be. And I wonder if that's because our lives are getting busier and busier and you need the calm more and more. Don't you just love a great recommendation from a friend? Well, we're delighted to be recommending these companies and their wonderful products to you today. And let them know your friends at DTT sent you. So wouldn't it be nice to create a home environment that has this calming effect. Mm -hmm. Well, I think one of the best tools to help you if you're trying to decide what you should take out of a room to create some of these negative spaces, if you cannot tell by looking at your room, go back to our standard answer, take a picture of the room. This is going to help you. You're going to, once you take a picture, you'll be able to see, is there balance? Is one room, one part of the room feeling more cluttered than another part? That will help you know, oh, this is the part that I'm going to need to take some things out. Uh, Also, you're going to look to see, is there too much of something somewhere? Can you take some things out and it's still going to look good? 
uh, you know, a lot of times in a vignette, you just need three things. You don't need 15 things. So oh, yeah. look at where you have quite a few pieces of decor on a, on a table or a buffet or something and see if you can take some things out and just keep a few large things that you really like. Yeah, my vignettes used to just go on and on mm-hmm. and on. Yeah, and I've really limited to that. And I think the individual pieces are better for it. I appreciate that more rather than having a zillion things cluttered in and stuff behind it and stuff in front of it and, you know, whatever draping out of it. It's a, it's a really nice way to decorate if you're incorporating this negative space. It It's it's part taking a risk a little bit because we get attached to our things and you think, oh, how, you know, how could the room function, you know, without this or that? And it's part learning to edit and knowing what to edit. So it's really just all practice. But the first thing is to really take a hard look at what's going on. And as Anita has always suggested, you take that photo because that's really going to help you. Um, and you know, if you have a couple of areas, like I have two spaces in my house currently that it i feel like one of those spaces needs something on the wall and i just can't really decide which one i don't like to make holes in the wall if i don't have to so i'm still figuring out which one and what will it be so there's a wall in my entryway and i noticed it yet again i was taking pictures of the entryway for a blog post and Everything looked so great and the room looked nicely filled and balanced with what I had in there. But when I took the photo, I was like, oh, wow, that wall really does need something. Mm-hmm. But and that, but I feel the same way about a wall in my dining room. Like, gee, I wonder if that needs something. But I would not put something on both those walls. One of them needs to be the palate cleanser. Right. I just can't decide yet which one. Got it. You know, so there has you so you're going to be making these choices because obviously you're not going to clear everything out of the room and have it empty. There's obviously you're going to have things in there. So where is the best place to have the negative space? Mm-hmm. Um so that's something that you might move something around, take something out and then move something over and so play around with it until you feel like ah that works. Um So do it purposefully. And another tip when you're trying to achieve the negative space is look for uh, multifunctional or dual functioning furniture. Mm -hmm. Because then you don't have to have two things in the room or three things. If you had something that could be storage as well as, uh, you know, extra seating, something like that. I'm sure you can think of other things that, you know, would serve two purposes. And therefore, it sort of eliminates the need for yet another piece of furniture. Like a trunk at the end of a bed. You can use that for seating or for storage, for example. Perfect example. Exactly. And what better place to have some calm than your bedroom? Yeah, I think it's... A mindset, and it's really hard to say specifically what you should take out of your room. I think you're going to have to play around with it and try some things. It's going to mean moving some things out, but you can play around with what you're moving out, and you might have to rearrange things because the holes may be a little oddly done. So it's probably going to require some complete rearrangement, but I think this is a fun way to do it. Take some things out, try it, move things around, take some pictures, and then you can compare the pictures. But I think it's this playing, this moving things around. That's where 
we really learn what works and doesn't work in decorating and design. I think there's so much value in playing and it's, so it's not really just playing. You're learning, you're learning, Oh, this, this works this way, but it really didn't work this other way. And you're going to improve your decorating abilities. The more you move things around and the more you play with them in a room, especially while you're playing around with these negative spaces. Yeah. And isn't that fun? I love doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, give yourself some time to do it because, you know, set aside an hour or so. And as Anita said in the beginning, I hearken back to that great advice, live with it for a little while because mm-hmm. I think you're going to really like it. You know, and if you find after a week or so that it just feels like, you know, you're going to sit down on that chair and it's not there, you know, somebody <laughs> ended up on the floor, that sort of thing. And, you know, just that, particular spot is not the spot for my negative space, but leave, I mean, this sounds kind of counterintuitive and silly, but leave room for negative space in all your rooms. Mm -hmm. Oh, every room needs it. And also be prepared. Your family may not like this. I get blowback a lot when I'm taking things out of that. No, I need those extra six chairs. For the one time a year, I have these people over to my house. And I'm thinking, you know, you can move these other chairs into that room for your one time a year that you do this. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. And and people just don't like change either. So there might be some people that there might be some people. Why'd you moving that table out that I've never used in my entire life? How could you do that, mom? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, after a while, just, you know, they'll forget about it. it. Yeah. You do it when they're not home and then you'll, you're good to go. Exactly. And maybe you can find another space to use that particular piece or that piece of art or whatever it is. But yeah, really, really important um, to utilize. It's, it's very powerful, this negative space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it definitely makes a difference. It's something that we don't think about much. A lot of times designers do this without thinking about it, but if you're not in the habit of it, it is something to really keep in mind and it will make a difference in your room. I promise you. Yeah. And in the psychology of it all is all out there. I mean, you could Google it and whatnot, but it just boil it all down. It's very pleasing to the eye to have a place to rest. Mm-hmm. You know, your brain is processing all these things and it just is a place to sort of, ah. you know, like the museum example, they don't crowd all the pictures together on a tight gallery wall. No, you have to you know, take several steps in between each so you can appreciate it. Obviously, you're not setting up a museum, uh, but it has the same type of effect and that everything will start to look better all the lovely things that you have, you'll really be able to appreciate more and you'll feel calmer. I think that that is really the key right there. If you're walking in a room and you're feeling stressed and this is a room in your house, that's not good. And it's in your control to change it. There's so many easy ways that you can make a room feel more calm. And it's if just taking some stuff out of the room makes it more calm. I mean, you can't get any easier than that. It's so true, but isn't it very interesting about human nature? I don't know. Are we hunters and gatherers? You know, are, well, are we're we, definitely gatherers. I we, can tell we, you, that. we are. But but there's the that human tendency to to 
get the stuff, right? P- people love stuff. People spend a lot of time with their stuff, us mm-hmm. included, mm-hmm. and storing their stuff and moving their stuff and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So we collect the stuff and then, then we get rid of the stuff. And then we get rid of the stuff. <laughs> but, you know, we want to fill it, right? We have mm-hmm. a sense to mm-hmm. fill. Like I was saying to you about, you know, the witness on the stand, they want to fill that empty space with True. words. Right. And so our tendency is to fill a room with lots of stuff, more stuff than the room needs, more stuff than the room can really hold, and more stuff than you'll feel good about. But you don't really know you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it definitely, especially if you like to collect like we do, even when you create the empty spaces, the negative spaces things creep in because then you've come home with this fabulous thing that you know is a great find and you can't let it go. And then well, you come home is, with it. Yeah, This is what I'm saying to you about my living room. I, I mean, know, but you I don't mean, have room for it. I, I have to stop myself. And now we don't have the store anymore. What am I going to do with all this stuff? <laughs> I don't know. Cause I've had people say, well, I'd buy that, but I don't have a room, uh, a space for it. And I would look at them like, so Are you crazy. What? You should yeah. get it anyway. <laughs> are you not going to get it? I'll get it. <laughs> yeah, I'll get it. Yeah. So we are, you know, we are the choir we're preaching to here too. So yeah, we're, we're all in this together and trying to create negative space. And so let us know, send us an email if you're able to do that, or if you enjoy negative space or if negative space makes you nervous, let's talk that through. Um, do you have a crush for us today, Anita? Oh, I do. I have been loving this website for a while now. It is the UK. My Soulful Home. <laughs> it is House and Garden. Oh, House and Garden. And My Soulful Home. I love House and Garden UK too. Yes. Yeah, so it's houseandgarden.co.uk. And I I love going to this website and seeing all the homes. Of course, they're all beautiful. But the thing I love about it is that they are tend to be very old homes. They're filled with antiques. I love antiques, but they're really put together in a beautiful way. There's a lot of color, a lot of pattern, and it really has a very different vibe than a lot of the homes here in the U.S. So I love getting inspiration from other places, and so I just feel like there's always something I can get from these photos and these homes that I can t- uh, take away and to bring to, to my home to give it more character. And I just love the character that these homes have. So it, it's just, it's a feast for the eyes. And I think you'll get some wonderful ideas from them. It's a British publication, correct? It is. It is. Yes, obviously. Yeah. But they do do houses all over the place, but they're mostly. Mostly the in UK. UK or Europe, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely lovely. I used to be able to get my hands on the hard copy of that. Do they mm-hmm. still publish the magazine? I think they do. I think they do. Uh, it's probably available here, but you know, I um, well, it's super. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I if somebody wants to go for it, you know, do it, and then you know, maybe send me your old after the you old copy. Copy because mm-hmm. the subscription is really expensive because mm-hmm. of the shipping. And you know, no. I was like, eh. I used to have a grocery store here in Pasadena where I could get it, and they don't carry it anymore because I loved it. Oh, but yeah, I never thought to go to the website. Okay. Oh, there's a lot there. I know because I don't subscribe to a lot of paper magazines anymore. Well, there aren't a lot left. 
Exactly. And there's so We were going to do an episode about that. I think that might be good. We'll oh, do some. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Let's do some research mm-hmm. into what's left. I mean, I know there are what's few. What's left that sounds so sad. Yeah, I know. But, you know, but it's all good. You know, one door closes, closes, another one opens. That's but true. I do like to hold a magazine in my hand when I, I do. can. I do. And that true. one is beautiful. So if you, you know, if you see that in any of your grocery stores, it might be a little bit more, but mm-hmm. it's worth it, I think. Mm-hmm. What's sure. your crush? Okay. So this is like, um, yeah, we're, we're, our crushes are sort of aligning in an interesting way. The oh. last one was like kind of a beauty theme and we mm-hmm. didn't do this on purpose. No, and then, we don't discuss them ahead of time. No. And this one, although it's on a magazine, it's, it's reading, it's a book. Um, and my daughter was assigned this book for summer reading and I saw it you know, when we ordered it for her and I just kind of picked it up and it was in Reese's book club. So, you know, Reese Witherspoon has kind of like, I don't know if Oprah, I guess she still does it, but she does the same sort of thing. And so I had a little sticker on it and I was like, oh, you know, I like Reese. I wonder what she thinks. <laughs> you know, let's see what she thinks of this book. So rave reviews. I mean, Reese aside, it was a bestseller and it is called Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ying. It's NG. I think I'm pronouncing that right. And it's fabulous. I just finished it on the plane ride home. And Laura and I were reading it, you know, side by side. I was a little ahead of her because she had to annotate every page. So I kind of flew through. Really great book. So I'll put the link to that in the show notes. I had honestly, you know, it's embarrassing to say, but I cannot tell you the last time I read a book cover to cover Mm-hmm. And that I really, really enjoyed. I I get disappointed sometimes, and I I know the like the Girl Scout in me like wants to just keep plowing through, even right. though I don't like it. Right. And a couple of years ago, I said to myself, "Don't kiss." I mean, that's hours of your day. If you don't like the book, you already bought it, so you were like, you know, you helped out mm-hmm. the author. Um. So if you don't like it, just stop and you know donate it. And so right. that's what I've been doing. So I have a lot of books that I got. You know, a quarter of the way Maybe through. Maybe you should think about just going to the library if you're having a high discard rate. Yeah. Well, I usually do buy, uh, you know, I sometimes I buy them on Amazon stuff, but I do kind of pick up books and thrift stores and things like that. Oh, you, know, okay. you see something like you've heard of the title and you're like, oh, yeah, okay. let me grab that. Um, but yeah, the library is a great idea. Um, but, you know, with podcasts and all the other things that you can immerse yourself in and get great content, I haven't really fallen for a book in a long time. And I really, really liked this one. Oh, well, nice. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah. Um, so we have a question today, and this is from a longtime listener, um, really wonderful woman that we've gotten to know over the past couple of years, uh, Karen O. And, hey, Karen. Hi, Karen. And Karen also, I guess I talked about hot yoga once uh, for one of my crushes, and Karen wants to tell me she's totally into it too. Uh, so I don't, I'm, okay. yeah, so that we have that in common as well. So Karen has a situation in her living room slash family room where she's got the TV uh, sitting on a low console, and they were, there was just one photo. So they, looking at the TV from presumably like, you know, behind the sofa or something like that. And they were going to put a photo, like a canvas print type photo on top of the, uh, on the wall, like above Mm -hmm. the TV. But she tried that and it just didn't really work. Mm -hmm. So she was wondering if we had any suggestions for how 
she could decorate above the TV because there's quite an expanse. Because as I said, mm-hmm. the TV is kind of like on a like a console, maybe desk height type of piece of furniture. It's not mm-hmm. that tall. Mm-hmm. So, what are your thoughts about that, Anita? Well, uh, two thoughts. One thought is if she's wanting to keep it on, if that is something she is stuck with, meaning, you know, she's just wanting to keep it where it is on that table, then I would suggest something. Yeah, I think the artwork above it's probably getting lost. It's a large screen TV, as they all are these days. And it's hard to decorate around them. So I would kind of do a little bit of camouflage. What I would suggest is perhaps a wall hanging some sort of fabric, a flag, uh, you know, like some vintage flag or fabric or textile or even rug kind of behind the TV. So it hangs up much higher and then hangs all the way behind the TV that's maybe some darker colors so that the TV kind of blends with that, uh, the textile art and it's not glaring because otherwise you have this big black rectangle against this very light background and it's obviously you know a tv so i think that might disguise it a little bit um other than that i i don't think you're going to really find some artwork that's going to really look great with a tv the tv is it's a tv so uh, i mean the other option would be i think to make it blend in a little bit better would then be to if you were open to it would just be to mount it on the wall uh and then I don't think it's going to, I think, it, I think it's going to blend in perhaps better if it's just mounted on the wall You're, and the wires are, are not showing. I think that might be something, you know, where you'll like that as well. Yeah. I like what you're saying about something sort of longer that almost becomes like just the wall behind yes. it, but it's not the neutral light colored wall. Yeah. And so the TV doesn't, you know, sort of pop out as you much. Mm-hmm. And, and at the same time, that textile or rug or whatever it is, it's kind of just the background. It's not another focal point. Right. Where the TV just blends in. Right. In a way. Right. Because I think, you know, putting, I've seen this and other people that are listening might have a similar situation. You know, you've got this TV, it's on top of something. You've got this blank wall above it. Like, what do you do? Because when the TV's not on, it's like, oh, I'll just decorate around it. But it's always going to be competing with whatever you put on the wall, Mm -hmm. even in its blank, black state. Right. But once it's on, and then you have something on top of it, I I think you're going to be distracted from what you're watching. I mean, and the other thing is going to be also sort of, you know, competing with what's on the television. I don't think that's ever going to work out well, where you're going to really love it. So I agree with you. And I like, you know, I hadn't thought of that idea. So that was a really, I thought that was a great idea of sort of just making this backdrop in a sense, just changing what's going on behind it a little bit. But I, I think the best solution is to mount it on the wall or just mm-hmm. get a taller cabinet where you're filling up that space. And it is what it is. It, you know, everybody, mm-hmm. you know, you want to have a TV and that's what it is. So have, you know, an etagere or some sort of bookshelf or something where it's taller and it either fits inside 
of the shell of that piece or it mounts on the wall on top of it, or even if the piece is tall enough and it could just still sit on it, but that you don't feel that need to fill the space above it with something. Right. And there is that, I don't know where you get it or how it works, but a lot of times people have their TV set up if they're a big TV that they don't have a cabinet for where it shows some artwork when it's off. Yeah, I think that's a special kind of TV. Or I've seen ones that turn oh, into a, mirrors and things like oh, that. Oh, right, right. That's not a bad idea too. Right. So I, yeah, mine doesn't do that, but I mine's behind a cabinet. So right. Yeah. I mean, I think that I don't know. I think when those first came out, they were really expensive. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, they just like anything, they may have come down. I mean, remember when the first big screen TV, TV came out? Oh, it's like, right. You could get that or a car. You know, exactly. <laughs> now you can or get those in that Costco. Right. I mean, that <laughs> yeah. was crazy. So now they're a lot less expensive. So maybe, Karen, that's something to look into. And then if you mount it on the wall when you're not watching TV, it's something else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We went through a lot of that when I was trying to figure out what to do with the TV in our bedroom. And finally, I, I we just got rid of it. <laughs> I think that's going to, like you said, I think that's going to become more and more important to people. And they're going to be reducing the price on that. And And I think you're right. That's going to be more accessible to more people at some point, because it's just such an ugly thing that we're all stuck with when it's off. Yeah. And one thought we shared in one of our consults with someone was, um, if you do have a cabinet, and sometimes people have these cabinets and they've had them for a while and you feel like you kind of want to update them or so the TV's in there and whatnot, but you're still seeing the wires and all of that. Well, if it's within a cabinet, you can paint the back of it. You know, if see if the TV's hanging on the wall and the cabinet goes around it, you could paint the back of the wall black. And mm-hmm. then you don't – so the TV sort of blends into that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the wires, that if they're coming down, they blend in. So you just, you're just sort of seeing this, you know, dark space until the TV is illuminated. Well, right. And we – you know, our house that we – our vacation rental that we rent out – I had a TV, well, we put the TV went over the mantle and they just had the wires hanging down. And so I hired an electrician to come. I mean, the previous owner had done that. And I hired an electrician to hide the wires and it was not expensive. It was really not a big deal. I don't remember what it cost, but I think it's probably less than most people think. Right. Well, they so just go in just the wall if they can, right? Go in yeah. and then they and pop they just them out the bottom. Exactly. It wasn't. It wasn't a big deal. That's a good tip. Awesome. Well, today was super fun. I really love this whole concept of negative space. And actually, I'm going to go in right now and look at my living room again, (laughs) see if I can get any more. Um, So we would love to hear your thoughts on that. So you could always send us an email at decoratingtipsandtricks uh, at gmail.com. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. Remember, we're here to inspire you to create a beautiful home. Until next time.
I want to remind you that we are available for design consults. We take on your design dilemmas, questions, renovations, any project you want to talk about, any room, any space, we are here for you. And we really do enjoy doing these. And I think we've helped people a lot. So if you want to sign up for a consult, head to the link in the show notes. It's decoratingtipsandtricks.com slash consult. We hope to talk to you soon.